Here's a message from Ken Lavica. It brings me no pleasure to inform you that one of sports good guys may be a complete hypocrite. Christian Cat hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. What if I told you over the last year? There was a clean-cut, young, good-looking athlete who has said all the right things and stood for what's right in his sport. And then when the going got tough, he abandoned his sport and broke the rules and left everybody else hanging out to dry. I present to you the quandary that is Rory McIlroy. Aha! You didn't think I was going there. Rory McIlroy is one of sports' great hypocrites as we sit here on April 14th, 2023. Ken Levick alive on a Friday here on ESPN 106.3 free ESPN app. And on your smart speaker, Ryan and John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the hot and muggy and gross intracoastal. Christian Cat, audible assassin, runs this catastrophe until 2 o'clock. Rory McElroy, Christian, this is a man for the last 12 months or so. He has been the voice against evil live golf the evil saudis the blood money and it's so stupid that every time i mention anything golf and reference pga tour and live i need to give the following qualifier from the lawyers of good karma brands ken levicka does not condone the killing of journalists nor human rights violations good glad that's out of the way because anytime I say anything that may seem like it's in support of live golf, ah, oh, Ken, you're a, uh, you're a you're a bad human being who supports human rights violations. It's not that serious. It's not that serious. What this comes down to is hypocrites. The H word, and we see them all the time. We see them in our everyday lives. Hypocrites live in our family. Chances are we've all exhibited hypocritical behavior. Our politicians, they're sure as hell hypocrites across the board. But even your favorite fresh-faced Irish golfer is also a hypocrite as well. And I present to you the tale of Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy, Palm Beach County resident. He's a man who has been on the forefront of the battle for what's good, what's right, what is the extremely acceptable version of the game of ball, golf. No, 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 not that Hades known as Live Golf. Oh, only three rounds. Oh, Saudi money. Oh, abandoning what's good for the game. Rory McIlroy, he has preached over and over again, the PGA Tour what's, is what's right. That's tradition right there. Come along, friends. Jump on the Rory train as I continue to fight the battle publicly. Any press conference I can possibly find the time to take shots at Live Golf, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for you. Not only that, I'm going to, without consulting any of you, go to Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, and I'm going to take it upon myself to help rearrange the schedule so you can make more money. You can make more money. You, if you've already made some money on the PGA Tour and have a certain prestige on the tour. But don't worry. I'll find little loopholes for the rest of you. Again, I'm not going to talk with you. I'm not going to consult with you. But maybe you'll find a loophole where you can make money like me someday. But Rory McIlroy, I will almost single-handedly, along with my buddy Tiger Woods, sit down with Jay Monahan, and I will change things for the good of the PGA Tour as we look to crush the dreams and the soul of Live Golf. Now... One of the byproducts of Rory McIlroy taking the reins of becoming the face of golf. And Christian, you can admit, it's a good-looking face of golf. I mean, the man's got a lot going for him, right? Of course. He's been a superstar since he was a little kid. Everybody knows Rory McIlroy if you know anything about golf worldwide. And Rory's safe. Rory comes off as innocent. He's someone you can sit down and have a pint with. He's someone that... You feel like you can be buddy-buddy with. 
He's had great success. He's a great story. He presents himself well in front of the media. And so he was the natural person to shuffle up to the front and to lead the PGA Tour Army. And so one of the byproducts of that was him saying, hey, listen, PGA Tour players, I don't want you to go off to live golf where there's extravagant money, less tournaments, less work you have to do. The grind is part of what makes the PGA Tour great. Part of what adds to the lore of professional golf. And we can't abandon that. But what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to present an opportunity to make more money. Massive purses that we can all enjoy. And so what resulted was 17 quote-unquote elevated events in 2023. These are events hand-picked where the top 20 player impact program pros in the world have to compete. What is player impact program? It's the 20 most influential, to put it to put it in simple terms, the 20 most influential players on the PGA Tour, the ones that get all of the interest, make the most money, the ones that have the most social media impressions, the ones that move the needle in the sport. And Rory is at the top, the top, him and Tiger at the top of the player impact program, and since they're in charge and they're helping to make these rules, they're in the meetings with Jay Monahan, adjusting the schedule. They're the ones who take ownership and responsibility of this. They are the true father figures of the new PGA Tour, making money for everybody on the tour as they look to discourage movement to live golf. But the problem is, the problem is, um, Rory McIlroy, this weekend is nowhere to be found the week after the Masters. And typically, you'd say, oh, well, Rory needs some rest. He needs to, to, to calm his mind. He didn't play well. The problem is, this weekend is Harbortown, and it happens to be one of those Rory McIlroy-inspired elevated events. Now, it's okay, because these PGA Tour players, these 20 top player impact program players, they're allowed to skip one of these elevated tournaments this year. But here's the problem. This is um, Rory's one second missed elevated tournament this year. He missed the Century Tournament of Champions back in January. And the other problem is Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, has not said anything has not commuted anything, communicated anything about why Rory's missing. Didn't say anything before the field was set. Hey, Rory's not going to be here. As soon as the draw came out, that's when we all found out that Rory McIlroy is missing his second elevated tournament. So what has happened from there? Well, Rory has received a $3 million fine. And want to know why? Because he broke the rules. He broke the rules, the same rules he helped set up. The same rules, he says, are broken if you go to live golf because you truly don't care about the game. You don't have the passion for the history of the sport. You only play 54 holes. You only play about once a month. That's not real golf. That's not professional golf. Uh, you shouldn't get You shouldn't get world golf ranking points. It's not allowed because it's not. PGA Tour golf. It's not four rounds. It's not on that grind. But wait, Rory's not grinding now. Rory after the Masters, where, by the way, didn't even play the weekend, couldn't find the time to get out to the RBC Heritage. And so he has been, he has been fined. And then you put Rory, the face of golf, the good guy, the white knight against the evil darkness that is live golf. Then there's the Masters champion, John Rahm who did nothing but grind, including playing sunrise to sunset on Sunday to hold off Brooks Kepka, one of those evil lift golf players, and win the green jacket. John Rahm could have easily, John Rahm, by the way, who has not missed an elevated tournament this year, John Rahm could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to go back to Spain for a week or two weeks or three weeks. There's not an elevated tournament for another three weeks after this one, and I'm going to rest. I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to enjoy and bask in my major championship, but what did he do? He showed up to the RBC Heritage and listened to his explanation as to why. 
you mentioned how tired you were earlier in the week. Did you ever think about, uh, you know, maybe I need not to play at Harbor Town? It did cross my mind. It did cross my mind. But, um, you know, I made a commitment earlier in the year, and, and I want to honor that commitment, right? Um, I also, you know, talking to Kelly, I put myself in on the shoes of not mainly the spectators, but the kids as well, right? If I was one of the kids, I would want to see the recent Masters champion play good or bad. Yeah. Just want to be there. And, uh, yeah, I mean. I made a commitment, and I'm going to honor that commitment. If I was a kid, I'd want to see the new Masters champion. All of those coming out of the mouth of John Rahm, who was very vocal about how he felt this schedule was probably going to wear a little bit on these players on the PGA Tour in 2023, all the way back in the fall when this plan was released. And where is John Rahm? He's playing this weekend. Where is Rory McIlroy? Nowhere to be found. Folks, Rory McIlroy, the face of golf, the face of the PGA Tour, the man on the white stallion about to charge into the depths of hell that is live golf and take its heart. He's a hypocrite. Rory McIlroy is a hypocrite. He makes the rules. He makes the events. He comes up with the plan. And then what does he do? He skirts it. And at this point, I'm sure we would have heard, oh, Rory McIlroy has a family issue, a family emergency, a personal issue. No, it seems like, and again, until proven otherwise, it seems like Rory McIlroy had a bad time at Augusta, and so he's skipping an elevated tournament, one that he helped to create with a schedule he helped to construct. Rory McIlroy, when it comes to the game of golf, Palm Beach County resident Rory McIlroy, I actually don't know if he is what he's tried to portray himself as over the last calendar year as the face of golf. I mean, Christian, in the absence of Tiger Woods, who has played three times over the last 12 months, three times over the last 12 months, there's no doubt that Rory McIlroy has gladly taken the baton as the leader of the PGA Tour, no? Yeah, with the departure of a lot of the guys to the Live Tour, he is the one standing. And he's the one who unsolicited will bring up Live Golf and how bad it is at all times. I got on him over the winter, and, and uh, some of you may remember here on ESPN 106.3, me saying, Rory, you don't like Live. We get it, but you know what gives Live Golf life? When you keep bringing it up over and over and over and over and over again ad nauseum. That's on him. But now, all the things that Live Golf gets ripped apart for. Oh, they don't play enough tournaments. Oh, too much time off. Ah, oh, three rounds. There's an elevated tournament. Where's Rory this weekend? Where's Rory for the kids? Like John Rahm is there for the kids. Rory for a second time has missed an elevated tournament, even though there's no elevated tournament for another three weeks after this week. Why couldn't he rest next week? Why couldn't he rest the week after? Why couldn't he get himself mentally right the week after before the next elevated tournament, before the next major? Where is Rory? He's missed two this year, and now he's been fined $3 million. I don't think Rory's the face of golf. I think it may be John Rahm. Instead of Rory. Rory thinks he's the face of golf. I don't think he's the face of golf. Now, allow me to make the first ever, this is history on the airwaves, the okay. first ever comparison between the WWE mm -hmm. and the golf world. Right now, Rory is reminding me of John Cena, where maybe eight Once years he went ago, Hollywood, when, exactly. he started, when he started dabbling in movies, you could even go to The Rock if you want to go a decade earlier. Because I was thinking John Cena maybe eight years ago, okay. his thing was, I'm here each and every week. Mm -hmm. I do the house shows. I'm going to Kansas City, to Seattle. I'm going to Boston, to New York. He's there every single week. And then the Rock's just show. showing up for an occasional WrestleMania. Exactly. Just coming in when it's convenient for him because Vince McMahon wants the Rock to make an appearance. But John Cena, he's grinding day after day, week after week, city after city. Exactly. That I love it. John Cena's gripe. He's like, you show up for the big shows, the Royal Rumble WrestleMania, I'm here with the people every week. Rory McIlroy was that guy. Tiger might be the rock right now, but he's not claiming to be mm -mm. that guy right now. Rory's becoming what he kind of didn't like, selling out like the live guys did, even though he's taking a loss of the money.
I will put that there. I I am I love that comparison. It speaks to me. It speaks to me. You're 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 on the same wavelength as me. When you're talking about the face of a respective sport, the one thing you can't be is a hypocrite. And I think Rory McIlroy, who has short of just outright declaring himself the face of the game of golf, the face of what's right, the face of the PGA Tour, he has acted as if he is. Every single minute of every single day of every single month for the last year, pontificating, preaching against Live Golf. Yet when it's time for him to grind out an elevated tournament, where is he? Not there. $3 million fine. But it's not just me who's noticing this. It's also his PGA Tour peers, the ones that he says he's fighting for to give them a better opportunity at money, to help fight off Live so that they can make a better living and things can be better for them. Xander Shoffley this week in advance of the RBC Heritage, the same Xander Shoffley who's playing at the RBC Heritage, said, quote, rules are the rules. So, I mean, for the most part, a lot of what he wanted is what's happening. And the irony is that he's not here. That seems like a shot at Rory McIlroy, no? Sure does. That's not exactly a compliment towards Rory McIlroy. But what's crazy, too, is golf media, and boy, are they shameless. What a shameless group. Because golf media, largely, their entire purpose is to to get access to these players. Very rarely is golf media critical of golf pro. It doesn't work like that because they want access. It's an individual sport, so they want to get in. They want to make sure they have a relationship. They want text messages answered. So a guy like Rory, this happens, and it's not... Oh, this is a bad look for Rory McIlroy. This is not a good look when you've helped create this schedule and now you turn your back on it to the tune of a $3 million fine. You should see the headlines, whether it's NBC, whether it's Golf Digest, whether it's any golf publication, Christian, I'm telling you, instead, in the wake of Rory missing the RBC Heritage and some of these PGA Tour players, Joel Dahman, one of them as well, along with Xander Shoffley, Jean Rahm, not exactly uh, coming to the defense of Rory McIlroy in a week when all of this is happening. Golf media is showing sympathy. The headlines are a number of golf pros fatigued over the schedule in 2023. Not where's Rory? He helped create this. It's Rory and Jordan Spieth. They're tired. They're tired. Adam Scott, he's tired. Give me a break. I mean, that's just shameless embarrassing. Meanwhile, anytime Liv is brought up the same golf media, <laughs> hacks, <laughs> past their prime, <laughs> don't want to work. <laughs> World golf ranking points, uh-uh. It is, it is clear that there is an agenda and there's a bias when it comes to golf media, how the sport is covered, depending on who is being covered. Rory is the glory child of golf. And it's time to stop using the kid gloves on him and start publicly saying what he is. He's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. And if you're not a big moneymaker, move the needle like him on the PGA Tour, he can say all the right things, but he doesn't really care about your well-being. And he also doesn't care about the rules, the sacred rules of a revised version of the tour that he helped create. And golf media has the past that other sports in sports media don't have, which is I can go out there and I can play four rounds. I'll play like garbage. Don't get me wrong. I'll mm-hmm. shoot 150 over par, but I can play four rounds of golf, get in a plane, go where. I can relate in a way. I can experience that. We can't relate to playing an NBA basketball game. We can't relate to playing an NFL football game, playing a 162 baseball season it's four days of golf. He only played two last weekend. Yeah. I understand he didn't play well, but dude, we all got a job to do. Do your job. I I could not. We get mad at load management in the NBA. We get mad at all these things. Sorry, I'm not going to take the sob story of someone who had to play six out of eight weekends leading into the Masters. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have sympathy for that person. I'm not going to do it. Uh uh-uh. uh. So for me, the face of golf is not Rory McIlroy, even though he wants everybody to think he is. It's John Rahm. It is John Rahm who made a commitment, stuck to that commitment, even though he was one of the first 
vocal, uh, one of the first vocal fighters of a Rory McIlroy-inspired new schedule on the PGA Tour in 2023. But it also brings up another question off of this. Who is the face of their respective sport across the board? And I think it's an interesting discussion because I do think there are other sports where maybe you have the hypocritical Rory McIlroy aspect where we sit there and we say, that's the authority, that's the man leading this league to battle, when in reality, it might be someone else. And I'm not talking about a representative, someone who is the head of a players association. I'm talking about somebody who who, who shows that league, that sport in its best light, either a performance on the field, things they say, things they do off the field or on the field. I think there are different definitions for this depending on who you are, depending on how your mind works. For example, in baseball, I think the face of the sport, the best representative for the sport, is a guy who doesn't speak much English at all, Shohai Otani. I think Shohai Otani is the best representative, the best face of the game of baseball. Though I would think that there are a number of Yankees fans and even just baseball fans in general who are a little bit more traditional, and they'd say Aaron Judge. That man stuck with the Yankees. That man is the best representative of the most famous team in the sport. That man does nothing but conduct himself well on and off the field. Aaron Judge is the face of baseball. You're a Yankees fan. I'm sure you, Christian, could make a case for Aaron Judge. I certainly can make a case. I think last year, kind of, the tide switched, even with Aaron Judge putting up his historic American League 62 uh, home run record season how Shohei Otani kept up what he showed flashes of for an entire season and coming into this season, seeing the World Baseball Classic, seeing those numbers in Japan and around the world. As a Yankee fan, I think tip your head towards Otani. I I think it's Shohei Otani. I I, I do. He's got everything. And the dude plays. He pitches, and then he's in the lineup the next day. It's not like he's pitching every five days. He's got his spot in the rotation, and then the next day, he's hitting cleanup. How can you argue with that? He goes and he does his job. You might not like LeBron James, but that dude, when he's not hurt, he plays. Load management has not been a single term attached to LeBron James his entire career. I got on Jimmy Butler, and I loved Jimmy several weeks ago for saying, hey, the, the approach load management with him, it's a little bit annoying, and it sort of defies what I take pride in with the Heat. I mean, that whole team this year with the load management and the games missed was extremely frustrating, and it's why I'm not surprised that a lot of us just want to see the Heat season come to a merciless end tonight at the hands of what is really a, a mid, below-mid Bulls team. But I got on Jimmy Butler. I, I can't get on LeBron. When he's not hurt, he plays. And I make fun of him for celebrating playing clinchers or playing game wins, but the dude is all in on winning at all times. I think he represents himself well, and he represents the league well, and he truly has been someone who's tried to get a lot for even the the most uh, the, the, the most non-name player in the NBA throughout the course of his career. Oh, the NBA, it sucks because it's all player-led. Well, I don't know. That player... That player, LeBron, who's been doing it now for two decades as the player, as the guy who's pulled all the strings, he's done a good job of uh, having every player in the NBA get theirs. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? You pick the sport, you give me the face. This is completely subjective. I think it will require good debate, but there's no wrong answer here. But all of this comes off of me thinking that this face of golf and nobody's been more vocal, nobody's been in front of the camera more in the fight against live golf in the game of golf than Rory McIlroy. Nobody has taken the torch for the PGA Tour like Rory McIlroy, yet here we are, and he's missed a second elevated event, a $3 million fine, and when you hear some of the quotes from his peers None of them are really going to bat for Rory, and I think that speaks volumes. Rory McIlroy, Palm Beach County resident, I'm not going to call him a fraud. 
You don't know what's going on, exactly why he's missing this tournament, but when the commissioner of the PGA Tour is dead silent, almost feels like he's trying to cover it up a little bit. When these PGA Tour players aren't going to bat for Rory, seems like I'm not the only one who thinks he's a little bit of a hypocrite. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? You pick the sport, you pick the face. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Are you experiencing foot and ankle pain? Need to see an expert in the field? Well, that's where Baptist Health Orthopedic Care comes in. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. You pick the, the athlete, you pick the sport. Which athlete is the face for their respective sport? Because when it comes to golf, I don't think it's Rory McIlroy. He may think it is. He may claim the title, but I don't think it is. I think it's John Rahm, and I think Rory, based on his actions, has shown. He's all talk, but his actions show, uh uh-uh, he's not the face of golf. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter is open, at KLV1063. He's Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, listen, I know that we're on the precipice of the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk plenty of NBA. And we got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks. But forget the fact this is a, a golf. How we're starting the show is golf. And trust me, there are worse markets to start a, a, a midday show off with golf than this one. Okay, like this is the place you would do that. This is less a a golf conversation and more a are you a leader or are you not? Are you a hypocrite or are you not? Do you stand by your word publicly and privately or do you not? And I'm not very impressed with Rory McIlroy from a golf standpoint. Just It would be the same thing if Chris Paul, head of the NBA Players Association, said one thing, said, hey, uh, we're going to try and get the, the salary cap raised, and we're going to try and get the league minimum raised because we need our guys to get paid. We need this to be all guaranteed money. And then behind the scenes, he's saying, hey, hey, like, as long as the top, the top 40% of the NBA in terms of exposure. They're getting their salaries raised. Like, hey, we're good. We're good. When he's talking with the ownership of the NBA, we're good. We're good. Collective bargaining agreement, set, thumbs up, sign off. Perfect. It would be the same thing. It would be the same thing. It would be a joke. It would be a farce. It would be hypocritical. That's sort of what feels like is happening here with Rory. Rory McElroy, when Live Golf was created, said, hey, I'm going to be the guy now. I'm going to speak out at any time. And make sure that everybody knows I'm anti-live, and this is why the PGA Tour is the best. And then, hey, for 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 all of you, actually a select few, for all of you, we're going to try and make it so you're making your money. The purses are bigger for only like the top 25 players, but the purses are bigger. The schedule is eventually going to be easier for like the first 25 players. And, and we're going to be there, and we're going to fight live. And now here's Rory, and he's nowhere to be found for a second elevated tournament that he helped create. And want to know how I know that there is nothing personal taking him away other than the fact that he didn't play well at the Masters and he's tired is that the PGA Tour levied a $3 million fine against him. Uh, He he just, he skipped it because he didn't want to play it. He skipped it because he didn't want to play it. And for a guy that is railed against the inadequacies when it comes to the greatness of golf, the purity of golf, 
when referencing live golf, this is so unbecoming of Rory McIlroy. He is not the face of golf. I'm sorry. He's done nothing but try to act like it, but he's not. You can't conduct yourself like that and be considered the face of your sport. It's why LeBron, to me, after all these years, is still the face of the NBA. Not only is he still the most transcendent player, some would argue he still might be a top five player. Some could argue, if they've hit their head, that he's still the best player in the NBA. But this guy almost single-handedly turned the NBA into a player-led league that has helped players be more lucratively rewarded than they ever have in the history of the sport. That's LeBron. That's LeBron's influence. And when LeBron's not hurt, that dude's on the floor. How can you argue with that? In, in a day and age of load management, in a day and age of Kawhi Leonard, in a day and age of Paul George, in a day and age of Kyrie, there's LeBron on the floor all the time. That's why he's the face of the NBA. That's why Rory, a hypocrite, not the face of golf. This man This man who talked about honoring a commitment. This man who talked about how the kids would want to see a recent Masters champion. This man, John Rahm, this is why he, he is the actual face of golf. Here is a little bit of John Rahm and the quote this week as to why I think he's actually the face of golf. You mentioned how tired you were earlier in the week. Did you ever think... About, uh, you know, maybe I need not to play at Harbortown. It did cross my mind. It did cross my mind. But, um, you know, I made a commitment earlier on the year. And and I want to honor that commitment, right? Um, I also, you know, talking to Kelly, I put myself on, on the shoes of not mainly the spectators, but the kids as well, right? If I was one of the kids, I would want to see the recent Masters champion, play good or bad. Yeah just want to be there and uh, yeah I mean that's as upstanding as it gets right there like you can't argue with that you can't argue with that let's go let's go by the sports here and again which athlete is the best face for their respective sport which athlete is the best face for their respective sport 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 and tweeted us at klv1063 888-760-3776 are we in agreement with the nba that it's lebron i like, it has to you. be right no i'm not with you i'm interpreting this a different way okay right? i'm taking if you had to sit in a room with someone from the middle of nowhere, Eastern Europe, they've lived under a rock their whole life. Welcome to America. This is sports. This is what I love. This is the NBA. Okay. Check it out. What I'm turning on the TV right now, this is what I love so this about is like the NBA. Turkmenistan. Sure. For whatever reason, that is, and I, that might even be in Asia and not Europe. Not entirely sure, but it has many syllables and it ends in a stand. Okay, so that's where this person is from. I'm putting on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. Global. Mm-hmm. That's the NBA. It's a, just by default, not an American. Still has the animosity. It's still, we're playing against you. Sure. It's not, we're playing basketball on the same okay. court. I'm wearing a different uniform. He still does not like his opponents. Now, And he has the look. He has that imposing look about him. He's sort of superhuman. He's freakish. He's a mutant. Like. I suppose that, like LeBron, yeah, I think, but that comes into play. Steph Curry is the exception to the rule that pretty much everybody on the floor is a mutant nowadays sure. in the NBA. Sure, like he's the the closest, and he's still over six foot. Sure. I, I still think Giannis is. I'm not a big fan of the NBA how things have changed in the past ten to fifteen years, but Giannis is still the one guy where that that's the spirit of the league that. I love. So when it comes to Giannis, though, are you focusing you're you're focusing on his play, but are you also focusing on how he conducts himself off the floor? Are you focusing on the fact that he's an international superstar? Uh, how, what are what are the exact parameters here with Giannis? The dude just likes to ball. Okay. He just loves basketball. He focuses on his craft. He is a superhuman. He is an international star, and he keeps his priorities in check. He cares about the sport that we love and spend a lot of money to watch him play. Now, let me ask you, though, is this one of the must-have checklists now in 2023 with as global as all of these leagues have gone, even these American leagues, that 
it has to be a global superstar. Or these North American leagues, it has to be an international star. Because I mentioned with baseball, Shohei Otani. And I suppose I did mention, like, this is a guy who, he is an international star. Uh, he, I even mentioned, I think, he doesn't speak great English. Um, but I think more for me is the fact that he just, he plays every day. If he's not pitching, he's hitting. And he has a spot in the rotation. He's back on the mound again. Um, I... Is is it, is an athlete being an international presence, is that a must for this conversation about who's the face of their respective sport? I think it depends on the league. I think for the NBA, it definitely does. You look at these all-star teams and how many of them are not Americans. I see what we saw at the World Baseball Classic, how baseball has grown significantly in interest, or at least we're seeing more of it uh, in our social media, in the media. We're seeing it more uh, bigger and, and better in, the, in Major League Baseball from outside of the U.S., I wouldn't say that be a, that about the NFL because it really is an American now the, thing. Now, the NFL, the face of that, is that Mahomes? Is that like yeah. hands down Pat Mahomes? He grabbed it from Tom Brady. It is Patrick Mahomes, 100%. Because a quarterback-driven league, I know there's it been It has rumors. to be a quarterback, right? Yeah. Yes. I think it just has to be a quarterback, especially when you're talking NFL football. What about Josh Allen? I would make the case that he's more beloved than yeah. Pat Mahomes. Got to win, got to win one. I think that I think that has to be a part of the argument too. I think you have to have you have to be a, a major winner. in golf. Mm-hmm. You have to have a championship in team sports. But Shohei Otani doesn't have a championship other than the World Baseball Classic. <laughs> but he's, he hasn't even come close to a championship. But he's a unicorn. He's as Tony Romo would put it, an alien. Good point. Baseball is less of a one person controls their team success. But, but I, I like what you're saying. Your definition uh, yeah. it has to be a winner, has to be a champion. Shohei Otani personally is a winner from a team standpoint. He is not, not even close. So then, if we follow my flawed uh-huh. characteristics, where do you go with baseball? You go with Jose Altuve. I get he's got that. the stain of sure. the cheating scandal with him. I think. I think Aaron Judge every, disqualified. Not not even played uh, in a World Series, let alone one one. Hmm. If Altuve never was on the team, well. If the Astros were never in a cheating scandal, it would be Jose Altuve because of the fact his success, his common man, baseball, the beauty of baseball is it does not matter if you're seven foot or if you're five foot, if you can square up a baseball, if you can fill your position, you can play Major League Baseball. That's why I think Jose Altuve would be the face of baseball with the team success and with his common man success if there was no cheating scandal. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter, at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Going back to the NBA for a second, you think that Giannis Antetokounmpo, internationally, is more known than Joel Embiid? More known, yeah, I think more than. I mean, obviously, than, he's won a championship. But you think he's yeah. more known than Joel Embiid? That that he's a he's a more known quantity than Joel Embiid. I think so. Hmm. I think so. Uh, if if Embiid played in a conference finals, he still hasn't done that. But to me, so so then going with Giannis, you were saying he's the face of the NBA, and you were saying, oh, because he's international and he's won a championship. Like obviously, LeBron's not international, but there's no greater champion in the sport than LeBron. There's no one who has done more off the floor than LeBron. The schools and the charity. There's been no one that's done more for his fellow player than LeBron. He reinvented free agency as we know it. Whether you like it or don't like it as a fan, he has done more for his guys to get theirs than LeBron. He has meant more for that collection of athletes in that sport than any other collection of athletes in any sport that anybody's done to help lead the way. I, I That's where I think LeBron is absolutely still the best face, the best representative of the game of basketball. I think he's got too much going on outside the sport, outside of the league that he is the possible representative of, the best example of. There's just too much outside of it. Politics, you're talking about uh, movies, entertainment, All things together, along those lines? Everything. Everything outside of ball. That's what I love about certain athletes in these sports. They love their sport. They love their team. They love the craft they spent their life working on. That's why I love Patrick Mahomes. He might not be the biggest guy in the world, but he's worked so hard in his craft. He's got a superhuman arm. That's why I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's my Bucks team. 
We're going to make our team better than your team. So is LeBron too vocal for you? Is he too vocal outside of the sport? Because I think he loves ball too. He's been playing forever. I don't think there's any doubt he loves ball. Is he is he too divisive because he opens his mouth? Is That that seems like uh, that, that's how I'm consuming that. Call me old-fashioned, yeah. Call me old-fashioned, yeah. That's Honestly, that's the side effect. That's the side effect. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ryan tweets in, LeBron, still, after all these years. I mean, again, I'm on the same page as Ryan on that when it comes to the NBA. With baseball, I think it's Shohei Otani. Even though he really doesn't speak a, a lick of English, he's still the face of the sport because that dude does something that nobody else can do like he does it. Pitch, hit, affect the game in a multitude of ways. But the problem is the one knock against me declaring Shohei Otani the face of baseball doesn't win anything. He doesn't win a damn thing. He might win a start. But he doesn't win. His teams don't win more than 82 games a season. That ain't going to get it done. So that's the knock against me. But then that's where I go to like an Aaron Judge. But he hasn't won anything. He's come closer than Otani. But he hasn't won anything. But he is a, a very, God, I hate to put it this way, well-behaved, buttoned-up, lunch pail, go-to-work, most famous team in American professional sports. He's the face of that. Does that automatically make him the face of baseball? He's the captain. This year, after getting that big deal, he is the successor of the captainship of the New York Yankees. First captain since Derek Jeter. It's hard to give a so higher do, do honor we just morally. Say, do we just say that whoever the captain of the Yankees is is the captain of, is the face of baseball? Because Derek didn't. Jeter was the face of baseball. I feel like I feel like they hold that title for certain. Oh, that is players. so annoying. That is so annoying. But I think that there's plenty of people that probably feel that way. But God, is that annoying? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, that is annoying. <laughs> Insufferable. You talked about the most annoying oh. fan bases in sports. I'm a New York Yankees fan, and I 100% agree with anybody who says Yankees fans are in the top three most annoying fan bases in all of sports. Somehow, as baseball fans are breaking through the NBA and the NFL walls of being the most annoying fans in sports. <laughs> NFL Study Hall says Patrick Mahomes is the face of football, and Brent says Rafa Nadal is the face of tennis. Probably, but what happens once Nadal, like Nadal is on his last legs, like literally, literally, he's about done. Uh, I, I, he's got maybe a year and a half left before he's going to go the way of Federer and announce his retirement. But there's not anybody. I think, I, I, well, not, not anybody, but a, a lot of tennis fans aren't going to be willing to stomach Novak Djokovic being the face of tennis. To me, I say, why not? He's going to be the ultimate champion. He's going to finish with the most championships. And yes, is it is annoying, his vaccine stance? Absolutely. Is he getting absurd at this point, though, that he can't even come and play the U.S. Open because we're somehow, or in some reason, not allowing him in? That's endlessly stupid. I mean, that's endlessly stupid. But... Djokovic might turn into Jordan was for the NBA. He's, yeah, he's a bit of a D, bit of a bad guy, but, but the but dude just flat out wins. But Jordan didn't get that, that reputation of being sort of a D until he retired. And then stories about him started okay. coming out. Yeah. When he was playing... A little bit underexposed compared to now. Yeah, when he, right. When he was playing, though, he could do no wrong. MJ could do no wrong. MJ was the epitome of what it was to work hard and to win, and to excel, and to push others, and all of that. So, I feel like we know a little bit too much about Djokovic, and he's conducted himself in a way where he couldn't be the face of tennis. Right now, though, it's definitely Nadal. Like, I think he's he is the definition of a class in the sport. Which athlete is the best face for their respective sport? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. There's no doubt, though, that to me, Rory... He's tried to act like it with golf. He's tried to be the guy. He has tried to lead the PGA Tour into battle against live golf. But his actions have shown me this week, skipping RBC, $3 million fine. The way that his peers have talked about him indirectly, sort of indirectly taking some shots at him, he's not the face of golf. You can argue it's the Masters champ now, John Robb. 888 760 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. When we come back, 
Uh, I'm man enough to admit I screwed up yesterday. I screwed up in a big way. And the, uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles, of all teams, made me pay dearly. Time for me to, uh, to suck it up and own, own my own deficiencies when we come back. He's Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Christian, remember yesterday when I was telling the story of the most confusing rule that I've experienced in an awful long time, and it came out of baseball. We were discussing this yesterday when we were out at Barrett Jackson, and the 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 A's new reliever was given a win by the official score because the previous A's reliever who was actually in the game, still the pitcher of record when the A's took the lead the other night against the Orioles. The official score deemed him to be ineffective, so it is handed the win to the other reliever who was more effective when he was in the game. You remember that yesterday? I remember it as if it was yesterday. Yes, I do. And it turns out it was yesterday. I also, though, and this is my fault, I, um... I, I very disrespectfully, not thinking, sort of diminished two Orioles players who were key parts to that A's-Orioles confusing rule story. Uh, and they are Adley Rushman and Ryan Mountcastle. I had before yesterday, and this is no joke, I am being completely transparent, completely honest. And I want you to, before you rip me apart, and you can rip me apart, and I I was ripped apart yesterday by Christian, by callers, um, name another sports talk radio host in a top 50 market, okay? And I'm secure enough to admit this, in a top 50 market in the United States of America, an ESPN-branded station, who admits, has the guts, has the cojones to admit that he didn't know where Adley Rutschman or Ryan Mountcastle are. Uh, na- name another another sports talk radio host as secure as secure as me who will openly admit that before yesterday, before that story came to be, he didn't know who Adley Rutschman or Ryan Mountcastle are. Now, other hosts would have a producer sprinting down the hallways, mm-hmm. Ken, no, Ken, no, and then like sending you a text like, say you were joking, just kidding. I know Adley Rushman was the number one overall yeah. pick a couple of years for the Orioles. They'd send you that message yeah. and try to cover your rear end, but no, you own it. I owned it. Uh, didn't one of these dudes have like a nine RBI game this season as well? A record. Sure did. <laughs> How long ago was that? That was two days ago. What? That was very recent. <laughs> was that was that Rushman or Mountcastle? That was Mountcastle. Mountcastle? All right. Maybe longer than two days ago, but the season has only been 13 games. I was going to say. It? Yeah. I was going to say. So it, 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 if it happened this season, that's a bad job by me. So I own it. I didn't know who Ryan Mountcastle was. Didn't know who former first-round Orioles pick Adley Rushman were, okay? This is what that sounded like yesterday here on Ken LeVick Alive. Here is the, the audio proof. And again, I'm very secure. I'm secure in my radio manhood. Here is me openly admitting I've never heard of these guys. Adley Rutschman, never heard of him, Rutschman. hit an RBI single to tie the score. Familiar retired Ryan Mountcastle, never heard of him, on a grounder to end the inning. Listen, you got to know who Ryan Mountcastle is. He had nine RBIs mm. the other night, you know, and Adley Rutschman is one of the premier new catchers in the American League. But that being said, Ken, I love you. And appreciate, appreciate the love. Um, that's me. That's the proof. I, I, I said on the air, uh, never heard of him. Never heard of him. Well, 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 wouldn't you know it yesterday? Within two hours, within two hours, which in, in radio time is like six seconds. On the day, the day, the afternoon that I admit on top 50, midday sports talk radio, I don't know who Adley Rutschman is. Again, former number one pick. And catcher, right? One of the young premier catchers in the game. And Ryan Mountcastle, an equally as promising star for the Baltimore Orioles. Wouldn't you know it that um, that that both of them had pretty, pretty, pretty significant days. Let's start with um, 
Let's let's start with Ryan Mountcastle. Let's hit the start first with home run. Ryan Mountcastle went deep, and this is no joke because this was an afternoon game yesterday. Ryan Mountcastle, literally within minutes of me admitting that I don't know him, let's go to the uh, Masson. This is Masson, right? The uh-huh. Masson television call, bottom of the third. Ryan Mountcastle did this. Keep playing. Line ball right center from Mountcastle. A long way back. And another home run. Ryan Mountcastle, number six in the first 13 games. Wait. So I didn't know that guy. That makes it even worse. He's hit six home runs in the first 13 games. That's a home run every other game based on my very simple math. That's a Chris Crush Davis pace right there when he was good with the O's before he became the worst hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. I know who Chris Davis is. I know who Chris Davis is. By the way, were there were there were there performance enhancing drugs in that, or did he just forget how to play baseball? He just forgot how to play baseball. He just had the worst over streak in the history of the game. Speaking of uh, of of Orioles and performance enhancing drugs, I do remember Brady Anderson. Do you remember Brady Anderson? Seems like there were definitely PEDs there. Um, uh, also, former Oriole, since we're on the subject of Orioles, Mike Devereaux. Remember him back in the uh, in the 90s. I remember him at Comiskey Park in Chicago uh, tipping a Frank Thomas fly ball. Should have been a routine fly ball. Had a little pace to it. Uh, tipping it five feet in, in front of the fence, over the fence for a home run. I was there. Saw it in person. Mike Devereaux. Orioles, I remember you. So, Ryan Mountcastle, who I said, never heard of him. Minutes later, bottom of the third. Goes deep yesterday for the Orioles. And then, this is the one that really stings. Uh, Adley Rushman, again, hadn't heard of him before yesterday, admitted it on the air on this radio show. He of the, just a couple of days ago, nine RBIs in a single game. Yeah, just uh, your your run-of-the-mill walk-off for the Orioles. And that ball is belted. Right center field, sends us home with a walk-off homer. Could there have been anything that happened yesterday that could have possibly made me look worse? Like anything, Christian. If, other than me saying, oh, Cal Ripken, never heard of him. I, I, I don't think there's anything that can make me look worse than admitting I've never heard of Adley Rutschman and, and Ryan Mountcastle at, what, around 12, 15 Eastern time? And by 4 o'clock Eastern time, one had gone deep earlier in the game and the other hit a walk-off later in the day. That's kind of when Stephen A. Smith was trying to break down a game for the following Sunday. He was trying to mention players in the Chargers that just weren't on the team and haven't been on the team. And it was just a tough look. But you're in good company, right? When you're overexposed, when you're on the air as much as you are. Mm -hmm. Honda Classic Live. Mm -hmm. The Boardroom. Ken LaVica Live. Mm -hmm. Voice of FAU Athletics. The list goes on and on. When you're talking in front of a mic, when you're in front of a camera as much as you are, there's going to be some gaffes. There's going to be mistakes. But I own it, damn it. I own it. I'm secure enough to own it. Those two guys are really good. I hadn't heard of them. It's embarrassing. And they both made me look like a pile of garbage. Again, one with a home run, the other with a walk-off. On the day that I I admit to the world, "Eh, never heard of him. When we come back, I break down the upcoming Major League Lacrosse season. He's Christian Cat, the Audible Assassin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.